at a venue, right? Right. Now you add inflation to ballpark inflation, and it's just ridiculous. Two, two, two Mr. Softies that probably cost them 50 cents to make is going to run you out 20 bucks. I'm going to be honest, How, too. Make I, that I, make the sense. last time I got the chop, I did get Mr. Softie, yeah. and I wasn't that impressed. And maybe it's because I saw what she, the lady, like they had, they had run out of vanilla Mr. Softy, so I watched her like do the process of making it real quick, yeah. and it came together just a little too quickly for me. Yeah, and it came out it of this was like really Mr. Softy. It, yeah, it came it was out, Mr. Creamy. It came it out of this like bag. Yeah, that's what it is. And it was just like like a milky type thing. I don't know. Yeah. It messed me up. Yeah, yeah, it's Mr. Softy. <laughs> um, and, and how about how about the mariachi band? Who who hired him? Jason Deakman. Deakman hired a mariachi band <laughs> to, to follow to follow Yandi around. A guy goes out there and goes four for four at the game winning. That has to be a thirty second promo, <laughs> like the whole just the whole day together. The mariachi band. That sounds like some like Joe Madden shit. Yeah, it does. Like I could see Joe doing that yeah. back in the day when yeah, he was well, having absolutely. pythons running around the, the clubhouse yeah. and crap like that. Yeah. So <laughs> the mariachi band's got to stay. It's got to stay. You guys are in for the year. So look at that. We reignited a wander hot streak with Lil Baby, and now we got Yandi chasing a batting title and creating more separation and having the game of his life because of a mariachi band. On his birthday. On his birthday. 32 years old. I mean, the mariachi band has to at least make make an appearance every series, the first game of every series, and they need to be out in left field. Got to be a tradition. They got to be out in left field, too, during the game. Or or right field. I don't care where the hell you put them, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, they what if we what if we slightly alter Randy Land for Friday's game? Well, what, Randy Land because Randy, Mexico. Randy, yeah. Yandy, it's close enough. We could have one side Randy Land, the other side Yandy Land, and we could have sombreros come together in a brawl. We could have sombreros and Mexican flags on the left side of the left outfield, and we can have Yandy and the mariachi band on the right side you're of the just, outfield. You're just gonna roll right by that, aren't they? I am gonna roll yeah, right by I it. I won't let you. I won't let you. Randy Land and Yandy Land. We yeah. Randy Land and Yandy Land. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have a civil war. Um, <laughs> no, it'll, it, it, that's a great. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah, we get the Mari- We'll put the mariachi band in, in between them, so we don't. So there's no punches thrown. That'd be great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. But a great, great win for them last night. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. J e e v e s Law Group dot com. Get that great personal, so richly deserve. Uh, just uh, go to the website, J-E-E-V-E-S-LawGroup.com. Contact them through there or tell them JP sent you with all your legal matters. Uh, trust the Jeeves Law Group. Back at three with Scott Reynolds. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 
That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. Well, last time I saw this guy, I was uh, dancing to CeeLo Green with a huge cup of the Stillhouse's homemade spiced rum, and it was good. And that would be Scott Reynolds of the Pewter Report. What's up, my friend? How are you? Can you hear me? He, he is looking like he cannot hear us. 
He is totally looking like he cannot hear us. Can you hear me? The wife, wave to Scott. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, let's, uh, can you hear us now? Can you hear me now? He cannot hear us now. He cannot hear us. I will uh, text him and tell him to jump out and jump back in. Um, and while we wait for that, stand by. You could probably take him out of the... There you go. Hmm. I hate these when this happens. It, and this is like, absolutely uh, random. Well, I don't even know if he like even knows like we're on or something. It just looks like he's just standing there. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if he gets my text message. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me take him out now. Try to bring him back. <laughs> this is what happens in the streaming world now, folks. It usually works ninety percent of the times, but you don't even have to not have a button pushed, and it just will not for, for whatever reason. Maybe he's muted. He might be muted. Yeah, he just he just uh, bounced out. So hopefully he comes back Try in here. Because I think he was muted or something there. Yeah, I saw um, Scott and his lovely wife Ashley at the at the Randy Barber. Um, get together up in football heaven in Canton. So we'll get some of his thoughts on, on everything that went down uh, up there. I think he's back in here. Let's, Let's see if try got Can you hear us now? Can you yes, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird? Like, we didn't touch anything. I don't know if you did either, but sometimes it's yeah. just reboot and, yep. and it'll work. How are you, partner? Good. We deal with StreamYard, so we have similar issues. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Technology's great when it works. When it, <laughs> so yeah. when it doesn't, yeah. F, F you, StreamYard. Um, exactly. I, I, it literally took me three days to get back to normal from that part. Yes. I, I have. I think I have now purged <laughs> yeah. my system from the uh, the said uh, Stillhouse spice rum that they make there. Which yeah. Is, uh, can I buy that online? I'm like, yeah, you can. Uh, I have a yeah. case coming to the house soon. I don't know if I want any more, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> I left with a little uh, souvenir from Canton here. <laughs> yes, you did. Courtesy of my sharper than it had to be uh, nightstand edge. Yeah. As I stumbled out of bed at three thirty, still inebriated. Yeah, yeah, but so. I, haven't, I haven't done that in a long, long time. So yeah, it was fun to let it rip, you know. Big uh, thanks it was, to it was the Glazers awesome. and Rondé yes. Barber and Claudia. They put that whole thing on. I think I, I think somebody said the Glazers footed the bill for that whole thing. That's got yeah. to be two, three hundred grand. Easy. Oh, easy, easy, easy. Right? <laughs> easy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was one hell of a party, and uh, I had a chance to to talk to Brian Glazier uh, for a minute, which is rare. And yeah. he said, you know, he said, hey, he's like, you know, this this is a big deal, but Rondé was a big deal, and uh, he he deserved this, and just meant so much to the organization. And you know, the Glaziers, it, it's kind of like when you own a team, right? It's like they're your kids, essentially. You're not supposed to have favorites, right? But we all do. I have favorites, so I'm not going to reveal them like here. A brother to them, to Brian and Joel, especially. They're they're like brothers. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. It, it, but I was going to say favorite child status. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. you know, he, I mean, he he took the franchise in Philadelphia. He took them mm-hmm. 92 yards into history, into their first Super Bowl with that 92 yard pick six and shut down the vet. And it's like it's it's still the iconic, the most iconic play oh, in franchise history, and it always will be because there's there's nothing like your first one. And and for the Buccaneers, as great as Tom Brady was coming here in the magic of 2020, there's a lot of magic in that 2002 Super Bowl season oh, too, man. I mean, just it was it was remarkable. And and it, and Rondé Barber was a remarkable player. I loved his speech. That was great. You know, it, it, it's like after after watching. And I, I mean, I was getting a little a little choked up uh, just listening to Zach Thomas's speech and Demarcus Ware's. Wow, I mean, the emotions there with the family drama and all of that, and yeah. and uh, you know, and, and you're like, wow, like like what is Rondé going to say? And Rondé came out, 
and, and you know, we've, we've known Rondé. He's a great guy, great human being, you know, always smiling, always friendly guy. On the field, he was an angry worker. Yeah. He was a silent assassin. He was a badass. And he, he played the game with a tremendous amount of swagger. And that's what he brought to his Hall of Fame speech. And it was for the first time since 2012, we saw Rondé Barber, the player, back on stage saying, I'll show you. I'm here. I belong. And it was like, yeah, Rondé, that's, that was so cool to see. You know, and unlike Michael Jordan, who's still pissed at his high school basketball coach, Rondé took the took the blame for his initial ineffectiveness. He was like, it was yeah. me. I didn't know what I was doing. But right. I decided, you know, that I was going to be uncommon. I had to be uncommon. It was like, yes. to me, it was like a great movie because the, the theme, he brought such a great theme to it that encapsulated yes. his career so well. And obviously, he articulated it so well. The performance yeah. of the speech, I thought, was tremendous. I don't think we have enough... You know, we, uh, compliments for that because he is a broadcaster now and he knows yeah. how to perform. Um, I thought it, I thought it came together just so beautifully. There was yeah. emotion, there was anger, there was X's and O's. There yep. was, I mean, there was history. There's humor, there and he starts humor. off, you know, saying like, "Hey, props to the to the, the the bronze bust guy for making it look more like me than Tiki," like, <laughs> which is hard to do when you've got an identical twin, you know. So, yes. yeah. so that was that was really cool. No, he he nailed it. I mean. You know, he he took that thing back to the end zone like yes, he's he done did. so many times, and it was just awesome. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I totally, and, uh, I totally fanboyed. I, I first, oh, I did. I, too. I never, yeah. I never wear any man's jersey, but I said on yeah. this day, uh, Cullen was going to wear it, my son, and it was the jersey I yeah. got him when he was young. And yeah. I said, I'm wearing that jersey today. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I we're, we went to the Hall of Fame, and uh, my wife Ash and I we toured the hall yeah. on uh, on Friday. Did a couple of videos. Now, the funny thing is, is I'm kind of doing this video for our, you know, Facebook uh, or our, our YouTube channel, and and um, and I'm kind of doing this. You know, we're here live at uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Canton, whatever, and doing like this little intro spiel. And I'm almost done with it, right? And it's like you, as uh, you know, someone who's done television, right, plenty of times, WFLA for yeah. you know years. It's like you have to kind of keep talking even though you've got somebody talking in your ear. Yeah. Five seconds, JP, wrap it up, or whatever they say, right? <laughs> right. So it's like I I'm, I'm keep going, and I see out of the corner of my eye, this guy comes walking up to me, right? And, and I'm like, you know, there's other fans around. I'm like, like, dude, like, can't you see I'm doing a video here? I'm thinking this. I'm, right. I'm not saying right. it, but I'm right. thinking it. And, like, right at the end, he taps me on the shoulder, and I, I go to turn around, and it and he goes, hey, Scott. I'm like, oh, hi, John Lynch. How are you? <laughs> John Lynch just comes up to me. Yeah, he's like, I know you. How are you doing? I'm like, hey, John, I know you. Yeah. So we did like an impromptu interview. But, uh, you know, just getting getting back to Rondé. So we go to the Hall of Fame. And, and what a fantastic uh, what a fantastic place just, yeah, just to is. go through. It exceeded really my expectations. Cool. Yeah. Um, Rondé just exceeded my expectations. But we go through, you know, they kind of like, take you through the, the tour then you end up in the gift shop right surprise surprise that's that's how most places operate right and you go through this massive uh, team store they've got stuff for all, all of the hall of famers plus all of the other you know, nfl teams and there's this really cool ronde barber hall of fame t-shirt yeah and and i had to get that because it has all of his accomplishments on the back it's almost like a, like a walking piece of history yeah so i got that and you know i I, I really don't own, but maybe like two or three Buccaneers things because I'm I, I have to be independent and objective. Right. I work yeah. for Pewter Report, not the Buccaneers. And and uh, and we were kind of texting beforehand. We we're like like, what are you going to wear to this what thing? You, you know, because 
I had my pewter report, you know, black collared shirt that I always usually wear, uh, ready to go. And I said, screw it. I'm not going to just buy the Rondé Barber shirt and stick it up in my office somewhere. Wow. I'm going to wear the shirt and support Rondé. And you're like, yeah, me too. I'm wearing the jersey. So yeah. for that guy, you have to make the exceptions Absolutely. because he was an exceptional player. Absolutely. He is an exceptional person. And, you know, somebody, uh, well, Sal Pal. Sal Pal asked me this. Sal Pal is on ESPN. He said, he says of the four guys, the four Hall of Famers on the defense. Yeah. This and I, I, you know, I, I bailed on this question because I told him I couldn't be objective. Yeah. And he goes, which one can you take out and the defense wouldn't work? Like the Tampa two defense. Yeah. Which one would it be? Sap, Brooks, Lynch, or or Rondé? And I said, you know what? I, I said I'm not. I said I'm not going to pretend to be objective because I'm not. Yeah. Uh, right. But I've said I kind of look at that, that. If you look at that defense as like a, you know, a just a badass SUV. All right. Yep, exactly. Rondé was, I think, the computer of the mm-hmm. badass SUV. He yes. makes everything work because of yep. his versatility. You right. know, you know, Monty told me one time they could move him out on Calvin Johnson in the middle of it, you know, an adjustment, and he could right. play one on one on Calvin Johnson, yep. or they could move him down in the box and support the run. I mean, who can yep. even do that? And in the in the line in there, I did things that that I that others would not and could not or could yeah, not and exactly. would not do. And yeah. that, and that to me is the difference, you know. Uh, it, it, that, that's a great point. I didn't think about it till now, but but Warren Sapp was not a defensive end or nose tackle. He was the three technique under tackle yeah. in that scheme, but one position. Yeah, Derek Sal, Brooks Sal was, said, was, said Sapp. Yeah, I, I mean it all starts up front. I'm a trench guy, so I I, I put a lot of onus in that. I mean yep. that's where it starts, right? Yep. Uh, how how many of Sapp's pressures resulted in Rondé interceptions, right? So the two go hand in hand, but. Derek Brooks was not a Mike linebacker. It was Hardy Nickerson, then it was, you know, Shelton Corals, right? So um, Derek was a weak side linebacker, one position. Yeah. John Lynch was not a free safety. He was a strong safety. He was an in-the-box guy. He did, you know, they did rotate a couple times. So that's that's uncom- That's not uh, uncommon to have for safeties yeah. that would be interchange. You have to disguise your defense, et cetera. Um, Lynch, you know, had made his share of, of, of big hits across the middle and, and the interceptions. The yeah. But Rondé was a, a linebacker in nickel. He was a blitzer. He was a cover guy, especially on first and second down. Most people think of, oh, your nickel cornerback as your third cornerback. No. Uh, w- when Rondé was on the field, he never left the field. Right. He was an outside guy in their 4-3 defense as, as an outside cornerback, just like Brian Kelly, right. just like Dwight Smith. Right. And then he moved inside in third and long situations or obvious passing downs and played a completely different position. So he did more than any of their other other Hall of Famers did and, exactly. and was required to do more because of that. He was the ultimate chess piece right. for Monty Kiffin. Yep. And, and I'm not saying that to diminish anything Brooks, Sapper, Lynch did. It just Rondé wore more hats on the field, right. and he, he wore them with style. Yeah. 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 Well done. Well done. All right, let's, move, let's fast forward to this team. And yep. uh, we're two weeks into training camp, and – you know, I, I think I was maybe more optimistic in the beginning of camp than I am now. I'm starting to see more flaws in this team. I don't like the right side of the line. We'll see how they 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 grow. I hope they yeah. do. Um, I, I you know, I, I look at this. 
the, the overall passing game, it's not sharp enough. It's just not sharp enough. With yep. these, both of these quarterbacks miss too much and receivers drop too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but this is training camp. These are the dogs, the dog days of training yeah. camp. I just don't see the execution level that maybe we should be seeing. Maybe that's because the defense is really fucking good, and I think yeah. they are. I think they are. <laughs> yeah. I think this, this secondary has a chance to be absolutely exceptional. So it, it's it's hard to you know that's kind of where I'm at right now. Where where are you at? Yeah, um, I, I kind of liken it to, and I'm not saying that this is by any means going to be a, a Super Bowl team. So please do not. Right. Do not uh, uh, you know mix my my words here, but um, I go back to the the Buccaneers in two thousand two, and and they were a much more veteran laden team with mm-hmm. much more talent. Where, you know they had they had more Pro Bowlers and, and, and Hall of Famers, etc. Although this Bucks defense does have some talent on it. Oh yeah, but you go back and you look, and the the Bucks defense needed to be really, really good out of the gate. And I think that's why John Gruden, upon his arrival via trade in 2002, challenged the Bucks defense and said, I, you know, hey, listen, you, you guys are a really good defense. I mean, don't get me wrong. We saw what you did in 1999, right? But uh, where was the defensive touchdown in, in the Rams game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. one more touch, one defensive touchdown, and the Bucks are in the Super Bowl in 1999. And he said, hey, great defenses, which you're not, you're very good, but great defenses score. Yeah. And I need nine touchdowns out of you. And he challenged that, and that really pissed off the Bucks defense yeah. from, from the get-go. And so the defense had to wear the Superman cape, and you go back and look at, at just the, the start of that season a little bit. You know, uh, the 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 Saints game, they lost John Gruden's opener yeah. 26 to 20 in overtime. And then they ripped off uh, six straight wins 25 to nothing, mm-hmm. 26 to 14 against the Rams. That was Monday night, 35 to 7, 20 to 6 against the Falcons, 17 to 3 against the Browns, <laughs> right? And then you lose. 20 to 10 up there in Philly. We all remember that game earlier in that season. And then you beat the Panthers 12 to 9. So uh, you look at, at what the defense did, right? After giving up 26 points uh, to the Saints. And remember, the, the game winning touchdown by the Saints came on a block punt. That's right, block punt. In overtime. But 0, 14, 7, 6, 3. Then they give up 20 to Philly and then 9, right? So I think the Bucks defense has to wear the Superman cape out of the gate. Yeah, agreed. As this offense gels, finds continuity, uh, finds other weapons aside from Mike and Chris. But the thing is, when Mike and Chris are on the field, this offense does click. It, it does, does put touchdowns does. on the board. Yeah. You know, so we have to kind of keep that in mind. We, we uh, and sometimes I get kind of caught up in that too. I'm like, wow, boy, you know, Baker's really struggling in this period. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, Mike and Chris aren't on the field right now. He's yeah, throwing Kay- to Raheem Garrett and, and Trey Palmer. Kaylin right. drops you like you know, a, that's why it looks sloppy. Eh, exactly. Gonna be out yeah. There, right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I. So I'm. I, I agree with you. The defense yeah. has to own because that offense is probably going to be. It's ugly a work in early. progress. It's going to be ugly early. Yeah, Let's just it will. be honest. It's gonna. Yeah. If it's not, I'll be shocked. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. You got it's the first time coordinator. Yeah. You got two two new start. We a lot of new stuff on the offensive line that still has right. to gel. Um. There's just there's a lot of new. There's a lot of and, new. And you know what? New doesn't win in the NFL. Um, my biggest concern with Rashad White, and I'm a huge Rashad White supporter. I, I think he's going to be really, really Great. good. He's a good fit for this scheme. But if, if there's one critique I have for Rashad, and he's still figuring it out, and this is going to be a different scheme with the mid zone and the wide zone scheme, where it's it's zone blocking as opposed to the duo stuff, the the man to man straight ahead, 
you know, hit the B gap, hit the A gap type of stuff mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen under Bruce Arians' offense. But Rashad is still figuring out, you know, when when do I need to be patient and let the hole open up, and then when do I just need to hit the mash the yeah. gas, right? And and sometimes he's being patient and he waits for that hole, and then the the hole doesn't emerge or it closes too quickly before he can get there, and it's it's a it's a yeah, zero. That's such a feel thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's you know it's it's a run for no gain or minus one, right? Where if you just mash the gas, now it's second and eight, you know, and maybe you get to third and one rather than third and four, yeah, right? If yeah. if you do that, so same thing with Dave Canales. There's going to be some games, and I know that he has a commitment to run, and and I'm a big proponent of the run and a balanced offense. And there's going to be some times when Todd, who wants to see this offense run the ball, there's going to be some times where they're going to have to abandon the running game, right? Yeah. Where it's just not working. It's just not their day. Now they're down 10 points and there's, you know, two minutes left in the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, guys, like you tried it for three quarters and you got, you Zip. know, 24 yards on 18 carries. Yeah. It, it, like you keep, it, it reaches a point where you just got to say, okay, we got to throw the ball. Yeah. So that I think is going to be one of the big tests for Dave Canales because play calling is an art. You can yeah. you can bring an offense to the table and install it all you want, but knowing when to call what play is an art form, and and he's never done it before. So I, I think that is going to be the interesting thing. There's going to be a couple times where. Maybe I think this team is going to stick with the run a little too long, and it's going to end up costing them. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some growing pains and lessons learned. It's just part of the process. You can't avoid it. Agreed. And I, I would assume we all would agree that if Ryan Jensen's not out there, you're probably going to struggle a bit in the mm-hmm. run a little mm-hmm. bit like last year. And, you yeah. know, we haven't seen him yet in 11-on-11. 11 11. Uh, yeah. I, I guess he came out much later today uh, to, to watch, correct, I think? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, yeah, and, and he, he did do one-on-one pass rush, pass protection yesterday. Yeah. Right, and so that was the first time he's done that. So baby steps for Ryan Jensen. Uh, I I I've, I talked to Tristan Wirfs about that after practice. I said, "Are you are you concerned about Jensen? Because it kind of sounds like Todd Bowles starting to get a little concerned about it, or at least voicing like I don't know when he's going to be ready." And he said, "No, he said, uh, you know, he he shouldn't have played in the Cowboys game, but we needed him because you know Hainsey was hurt, and we you know he wanted to go out with Tom, and nothing was going to stop him." So I, I get that, um, but you know he wants to see Ryan Jensen come back when he's as close to 100% as possible. If he's not there yet, if it takes another month, then it does. I, th- I think, and myself included, we all, we all kind of talk ourselves into, well, Ryan Jensen played a whole game against the Cowboys back yeah. in January, so yeah. what's taking him so long? He probably shouldn't have played in that game. He looked awful in that game. He would tell you that. Ask any Bucks coach or, or scout, and they'll say, yeah, that was a awful game from Ryan Jensen. Wasn't the reason they lost, but uh, looking back, probably shouldn't have played in that game. I don't think it's it set him back in any way, but it just it was an, a clear indication that he just isn't wasn't ready. Well, I, I think he's a huge key to this offensive line, I, and yeah. if he's not ready now, a year later, um, and, and we you know, we've recognized this a hundred times. Stem cells. Nobody's ever done this before. So this yeah. is all new territory. There's no book on this. Right. There's no. This is what's going to happen next. Now you yeah. for surgeries. They've they've we've got millions of data points for this. There's one, and it's him. Right. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's. Oh, this is this is the wild wild west. Yeah. And um, you know, there's there's still probably discussions going on whether he should have surgery. 
So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll no, see. And, and we'll the thing see. is, he's not 22, he's yeah. 32, right. right? And so, you know, you, you heal differently uh, as you get older. You're not as quick to recover, right? We saw Chris Godwin come back after an ACL, but Chris is in his mid-20s still, right? right? right. And Ryan Jensen is 32. So, um, you know, I... You know, I, I think if, if I had been 41, not 51, I probably would have had enough cat-like quickness or agility to not have the scar on my face right now from hitting the nightstand. But you know what? Old man falls down. So uh, it just I, – I, I, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. And – Me too. You know, and, and we'll see. And if, mean, he does, and if he doesn't play, that offense is really going to struggle early on. Um, yeah, and, and, and the other thing too is – is there's no guarantee that like you know you coming back and being cleared to play does not mean you're going to step in and become the pro bowler that you used to be right and that's the guy they need the that's pro the bowl brian jensen exactly. not just the schlep brian jensen i mean uh you know they got robert hainsey and nick Leverett they can just fill in right but they need a guy that's better than than robert hainsey and better than nick Leverett. well on the other side of the ball what they really need is a a better version of devin white here in year five uh yeah. Curious. He said he was locked in. You know, we played his comments, and you know, yeah. just hearing it, it's like he said all the right things. How did that? Did. Land, how did that land for you? Uh, you know, I think he said all the right things. The talk is cheap. You know, you you got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. And and to his credit, the last probably four practices, I mean, arrow pointing up. I mean, he came away with an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that you know, I I've I've talked to some people in the building that have said. Servasier Dennis has been very, very good for Devin White because Servasier is making plays and he's not screwing up. And I think the thing with Devin is, is Devin's had a very good, consistent camp. He has not missed run fits. He has not uh, had mental gaps uh, where he's, you know, blowing coverages, things like that. It's just we haven't seen the splash plays. And so what the team wants is is two things. Devin, play consistently. Mm -hmm. Play consistent like B football. But then if you want that much money, we got to have you play consistently A football. Yeah. And so where we haven't seen Devin White really kind of shine is in the splash play department. And he's starting to make those sacks. He had the interception, starting to kind of get a feel for that. If you look at, at Levante David, earlier in Levante's, uh, Levante David's career when he could really run, when Gerald McCoy was calling the flash, you know, he was a consistent playmaker. And, and even though he's not the playmaker he used to be, we haven't seen Levante get a pick in a couple of years, and and you know, the forced fumbles are kind of down, you know, compared to years past. He's not that splashy guy, but he's a steady Eddie, and that's good enough. Don't screw up, right? Be consistently good. So I think Levante David, he's not that consistent A player anymore, but he's a consistent B player. And what they need for Devin White is is say we you, you can't be a C or D player. You can't be A one week, C the next, D the next, B the next. Get off the roller coaster ride and just plane out, right? Either be consistent B or consistent A on a weekly basis. Make the plays, and if you don't make the plays, if it's not your splashy game, then your baseline is be consistent right B. Yeah. Just like Levante, don't screw up. Be in the right place. All right, partner, always good to chat with you. It doesn't look so bad. You can hardly see it. It's healing. Yeah. The power yeah. of Phineas Sporin. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And a little... A little bit of Mac Studio 23, maybe. There you go. Yeah, we'll do it up right. <laughs> All right, what's coming up on Pewter Report this week? Well, we got a game to talk yes. about on Friday, which is fun. Now and just getting ready to game. publish our, our Tristan Wirfs Bucks Camp Diary. He's got some really good stuff in there. Oh, I interviewed cool. him yesterday. So that's going to be popping on PewterReport.com in just a few minutes. PewterReport.com, the mothership. We have the Bucks practice reports, the camp quotes, 
the, the insider stories that you're looking for on PeterReport.com. You can follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at PeterReport. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, PeterReportTV, where we have podcasts. Uh, we got our, our last podcast of the week, which is after today's practice at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. All of our podcasts are at 4 o'clock, except for our post-game coverage, which will be Friday night. We'll do a post-game podcast after the Bucks play the Pittsburgh Steelers Friday night. That's Peter Report TV. Subscribe to it. It's free. Just hit the subscribe button, mm-hmm. boom, and you get counted. And uh, we've got a bunch of video content up there from interviews and uh, some practice slips, et cetera. So Peter Report TV on YouTube. All right. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. The great Scott Reynolds. PeterReport.com. All right. Um, we will take a – we should do a post-game podcast. I was going to say, we can, take, that the, we can take this bad boy anywhere now. Right. So – yeah, we'll start dabbling in some new things this year. Yeah, I can I can do it from the from the from the field. Like I some instant, it, it doesn't have to be something super long, but like you know, like the yeah. instant reactions to like yeah, games like and stuff. 20, 25 minutes. What do you guys think? You want to, think want to do work. a little uh, post game podcast for yeah. uh, for the whole season? We can do we'll it the get, whole season because we'll get. I mean, some... I'm always down on the field doing like a you know recap. Right. It takes me about 20 minutes to shoot that thing. So and we post that. So why not just post a? Yeah, we'll do an instant reaction. You, you know, if we get you a credential, you do it with me right there. If not, then you can give me the television view right. viewpoint. I'll tell you what what I found out in the locker room. We can do a post. Yeah. You know, typically we're not on again till Monday, but you know, Sunday nights are you know especially for Friday night. Yeah, for the sure. instant reactions work, and then you come the next day to the show, and then we can digest a little. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. James says a uh, little bit of reach. Uh, comparing this 2002 to this defense to 2002, no way this D remotely close to 2002. I don't think anybody said that. Uh, you have a very interesting way of putting words in people's mouths, James. You, do, you are the king of it, no question. Uh, the defense was bad last year versus good teams. Agreed. The defense uh, better performed to uh, or it's five and twelve. I, I definitely agree with those last two statements. Yeah, no question about I, it. I do. They were bad against good teams, especially at the end. of They the were year. posers. Yeah, they were posers. Their numbers look all nice and good when you compare them to the rest of the league, but we saw what they were against the good teams in this league. Against Dallas, they were just they were, they, oh, oh, wow. The San Francisco game wow. for me was the was the icing on the cake. Well, that, San Francisco was a physical beatdown. Yeah, but with Brock Purdy making his first start, yeah, yeah, man. that was embarrassing. And the Dallas game was embarrassing. That it was, was embarrassing. embarrassing. And by the way, by the way, I, w- I just thought of this and too. You know the Bucks. I think they lost all the games last year they played against rookie quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And remember how we were talking about the back half of the schedule? We were optimistic because, oh, look at all these rookie quarterbacks you get to play. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. This is the worst franchise in this century playing against rookie quarterbacks. And it doesn't care who the coach is, who the players are. This team sucks against rookie quarterbacks. I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know why either. You know, Bowles is a great tactician. I wonder if he. (laughs) I wonder if he changes when he plays a rookie. Like, well, he, he the year prior, though, they dominated Justin Fields, yeah. overwhelmed him. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's a week-to-week thing, man. It's a week-to-week league. It's hard to find trends in that way. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I think this defense, what we actually said, was has a chance to be really good. I think they have a chance to be really, really good. If they stay healthy. We are putting a lot of expectations on them. Yes, now. we are. And yes, that's are. byproduct of the offense, really. And, and that's, if, you know, first of all, you get Clyde Jacancy has to get back and be a factor, which this calf injury sets him back dramatically. You, you know who else needs to be a factor? Logan Hall. Yeah. Because, I, again, I haven't only been at camp a couple few times. 
I have not heard anybody talking about Logan Hall, any plays he's making at practice. He might be making them, but I'm not hearing about him. But I'm hearing everything about Will Golston the last few days, yeah. who's really just wreaking havoc all over the place. The guy who's 33 yeah. years old, yeah. who just got signed, what, last week? Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything coming out of Logan Hall. Yeah, I saw Cody Mock get beat twice in the run game, So, by the way. There's a few guys who I need. JTS, obviously. There's a few guys who have got this year, in my opinion, to take a step forward. Yeah. Or it's it's not over for them, but we'll cap their potential at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, the arrow was up. And, you know, after a couple weeks of training camp, I'm kind of like a little pointing a little little bit down. But we could go back. We'll we'll see see where it is. See where it is. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to do a little raise for you. Get some sound from last night's rousing win over the Cardinals. And all their fans that were there at the game yesterday. Um, And what's going on with the Orioles is just outstanding. It's blissful. Yes, we will give you you that as well. we got some college football to get to. uh, All kinds of fun stuff. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat, and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain zero downtime you can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously it's an amazing machine so check it out at bay area modern medical center bammc.com well fits the mortgage guy did it again a listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called scott fitzgerald at american mortgage services of tampa and fit saved him 618 dollars on his monthly payment are you kidding me folks that's big money Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. 
During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 less after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Hope you you guys are watching us on Twitter or on YouTube or on FanStreamSports.com, the JPPetersonShow.com. You can also download our app, FanStream Sports, all one word, and just tap that app. You can listen to the show anytime Anywhere, we're on RHS-TV. That's another app that works really, really well. So if you want to watch the show, that's really a good way to do it. Uh, much easier than, than, say, YouTube, but that's a great place to watch it. We have many, many, many platforms, and we're glad you guys uh, jump in and join us. So uh, thanks so much for joining us here. All right, we got lots, lots to get to. Um, da, 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 da. We, we have a shout-out to Richie P., um, who says, this year's defense will hinge on if JTS finally turns the corner. God, I hope not. Because I'll just be honest with you, I don't. I just don't think he, he. Um, I don't think he. Uh, I just don't think he's got it. I don't know. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, you know, he's developed his body a little bit more, but um, you know, by this time, you, we would have seen, I think, a little, few more flashes of of uh, brilliance, and just haven't seen much. I hope well, I'm wrong. You just got to get home. <laughs> and yeah. the story for him, he's just got to get home. Yeah. Um, yeah, James, this is not personal. I did not personally attack you. That would be calling you an asshole. Saying that you put words in people's mouth is absolute fact because you've done it to me about 5,000 times. It's not personal. It's just a fact. That's how you are. That's the way you play. So I'm just calling you out on that. If that's a personal attack, well, it is what it is. Stop doing it. 
How about that? How about that? And when he compared the defense, he compared the situation of 2002 where the defense had to be good early and then the offense would pick it up. And that's what we're, we're comparing the situation. Nobody's comparing this defense to the 2000 defense, two, two, two defense that has four Hall of Famers and a coach on it, okay? Which is what you said we did. That's putting words in people's mouths. I don't want to go back and forth with you, but let's just call it what it is. We love you. Thanks for joining in, but we're not going to let you do that here. That's all. That's all. Um, yeah, as Richie P says, we're, not talk- we're never, never personal. We're just sitting at the barbershop shooting. Why can't everybody play nice, you know? Yeah, it's nice. We're just or, point. I'm laughing. It's a, just you know, nobody appreciates. Or, you're it. Like, or like yesterday. There's sometimes just don't give. Like yesterday, I didn't give energy. I tweeted something about Wander Franco just staying patient at the plate. Real simple. Yeah. And then I got a bunch of yahoos in my comments on Twitter. No, he just sucks. He ain't he worth the money. Sucks. He's a bum. They need to trade him. And I'm like, you see, those are the you give you give takes like that. I'm not responding. I'm gonna no. just look at it. And I'm probably just going to keep on moving. Do not respond. No energy is being wasted to you. But anyway, speaking of the Rays. Yes, uh, great win last night. Uh, Shane McClanahan, though, is not going to pitch in 2023. Highly unlikely, says Kevin Cash. Uh, We could just play play his his soundbite. And, um, you know, it's just, it sucks. It sucks if you're a Rays fan. It sucks for Shane McClanahan. Um, he's he probably, if he has Tommy John, he's out this year, obviously, and next probably year. most of next year, if the not all year. of next year, you know, cause of when it's happening now. So unless there's, but you know, Tommy John is, they're accelerating that comeback as well. But remember, capsules. if this is Tommy John, this will be Tommy John number two for Shane McClanahan. Yeah, 2016 at USF, he had it. So. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, you you may be coming around to to my my thought process here on what the Rays do with their pitchers. They just they ask, they're asking for max effort. Um, they you know pit, they, they throw maybe more breaking balls than they should. Um, you know, I, I growing up we we were always told don't throw more than thirty uh, percent breaking balls because you'll ruin your arm. You're growing up, I mean, maybe that's that's archaic or whatever. But I also know you know in biomechanics what breaking balls do to your arm it, it, it definitely puts the wear and tear on the elbow well specifically on that that ulnar nerve and um i don't know well i, I just think another doing thing something wrong there's just too many tommy johns in this organization it sucks and i i went through the the you know the recent history with the rays and it seems like every time they have a an up-and-coming pitcher or a borderline star just something seems to go wrong with that guy and it, it goes back to brendan mckay being a fourth overall pick a fourth overall pick okay he's yeah. pushing he might be the worst draft pick the Rays have ever had. Uh, Paul Wilder's pretty bad. <laughs> well, they've had a lot of bad first overall picks, but at least Tim Beckham actually eventually got here and played a little bit. I guess Josh Hamilton actually is the end-all, be-all, or Matt Bush, but there's a lot of contenders. Well, but... Josh, you know, was an MVP, it's just not for us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of contenders now that I think about it, but he's one of the worst, okay? Yeah. And now his career has basically passed him by. I don't even know if he's even pitching right now, but he had like two Tommy Johns. Brent Honeywell, so much excitement there, yeah. the screwball, all that. Yeah. He's had like two or three Tommy Johns, and now he's chasing the waiver wire. I think he just got signed by the White Sox or something. Uh, Shane Baz, obviously. Drew Rasmussen, this is Tommy John number three. Jeffrey Springs, a Tommy John. He had arm injuries before that, I believe. Eflin's had knee things in the past. Savali's been on the IL five times in the last two years. Now McClanahan's about to have his second Tommy John, potentially. I didn't even mention Glass now. Glass now gets I mean, a shot. Hopefully the, we'll be back. The list is it's insane. And I don't know if if the theories fit or anything. I just if you go back and look at it, it seems like the Rays have taken their chances 
on maybe some pitchers who have had injuries in the past. Mm-hmm. And should we be all that surprised that, that eventually injuries, right? you they run out that whole thing runs away because the rotation that they have on the injured list is probably a top three rotation it in is. baseball. It is. And even to the point with the three guys that are left, I'm still saying to myself, wow, that's probably still a top seven rotation in baseball. Mm-hmm on the back of the two guys. But yeah. my concern at this point is how much longer can you continue to band-aid this? How much longer can you get away with it? And how much know. more stress is it going to put on the offense now? Like I said the other day, you can't argue with the results. You can't over the last five years, as many of the Tommy Johns as right. they had, but the overall results of their pitching numbers are through the roof. They're the best of the best. I think over the last five years, they probably have the best ERA in baseball. It probably goes even longer than that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, so... You know, it, it's it is what it is. As long as they can keep getting results, but I, but it, it, here's the problem: you want to win a World Series. At the end of the year, all your your bullpen's burned out. Typically, what I've seen from this team covering them from the inception when they've been competitive in the last ten to fifteen years, when they get to then when they get to um, the postseason, their bullpen is burned out or their starters are are hurt, and like they go into the postseason yeah. with that with you know a third of what they had. And at, at at their peak of the season, and I don't, I don't know, I don't remember other teams being that way. I always remember other teams, you know, their bullpens are are, are shut down. Their starters, you get the best out of their starters. Whereas with the Rays, get to the postseason, they're just they're like toast because they as, as well, Smoltz last year Smoltz says they they, they or the two don't line or sometimes the two don't. And let, let's be honest, I mean, this team got to a World Series in 2020. Let's let's be real. Everything worked that year, and they got within two games of winning a World Series. And what was different about that year? Or is it the obvious that it was a short season? They didn't go one sixty. That's so, true. So I they're mean, they're you know they also got there in a way. If you so take out that, that, I don't think they've actually won a playoff series. Have they advanced outside of the COVID year? And I might have to look this up real quick because outside of the COVID year, and I'm not trying to diminish that by any means, but it was different, like you said. Uh, Outside of the COVID year, have the they? What's the problem we're talking about? Attrition through the yeah. Season. I'm trying to think. They have they have won? Deal with that in have they won a playoff series since 2008? Other no, than the COVID true. year, have they gotten past the yeah, the did. ALDS? Yeah, yeah they did. They I did. don't think they did. No, they did. Um, Outside of the ALDS, past the ALDS, because that's yeah, the first round, right? I don't count the one game wild card or anything like that, right? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think they have. In the year they played the Astros at home, was that the ALDS? That was the ALDS, yeah. and they did not win. Did not win. That was 2019. So it, that was they their, have that re- was their cheating year. We right. So outside of the one so year, so outside of the one year in the COVID year, they have their playoff history has started and stopped with either the wild card or the ALDS. Again, again they they built for the regular season, not the postseason, because postseason you have to pay players to per, that perform in the postseason. Big, the big pitchers, the big boppers, those yeah, are the ones who win in the postseason. They make all the money. The Rays don't. And pay. if you think about it, last year, the pitching actually came to play in the postseason. Yeah, they came to play, and they had all their arms ready to roll. Yeah, and then obviously the offense did not line up with that. Right. Where and in the year prior, obviously they just got overwhelmed because by they, Boston because at the at the deadline they got David Peralta. Instead of a proven hitter. Yeah, but if you go back to that, we kind of were talking about, do you really want to invest in that team last year? Because I don't think yeah. we really thought they were the contender. Maybe some others thought they were. But I just think anything can happen. If you can beef up your team, beef up your team. You don't know how one guy can change the entire lineup. Well, I'll just say this. The, the Savale, so, so go for it. Yeah, but know? I'll just say the Savale trade 
is <laughs> talk about a blessing right now. Oh God! Yeah. Because without Aaron Savale, you're looking at Glasnow, Eflin, Zach Littell, and Erasmo Ramirez. Todd Bradley has struggled his last two starts in AAA. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just hard. Like I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can because I want it for this team, but I can't help but sit here today and feel like that special season. And I know they're playing really good of late, but I'm talking about in the postseason. I can't help but tell you that it feels like this special season is starting to slip away from them because of injuries. Yeah. And it's well, unfortunate. Just, it's every year something. Let's just hope that these talks that are ongoing for Stu Starnberg to sell the team, and they are ongoing, by the way, um, let's hope that they get through and we get an ownership group in here that wants to spend money and build a stadium in well, Tampa. Uh. I'll leave that one aside for yeah, now. But I'll just, I'll just ask you this, though, because you told me to ask you this on the air. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought this was topical because of this. Does the injury to McClanahan, if he's out for all of 2024, what do the Rays do with Tyler Glasnow and the $25 million contract <laughs> next year, which you've been under the assumption there's no way they're paying it. I'm telling you Never they're trading them. It. Never going to pay How, it. What does this do to change that? Well, if Stu Sternberg is still the, still the – uh, uh, the owner, they're not going to pay him. They're going to trade him because that's what they've always done. I can't base it on anything other than their past history. There's three things happening. Number one, they don't sign people to contracts that big. They've never paid anybody more than $12 million as far as I know. I think Kiermaier's contract last year was the most they've ever paid in a single season. Um, they're not going to risk uh, uh, spending that kind of money on, an, on a player that's oft injured. The only reason they signed him to that deal was that, w- that was the only way he was going to pitch last year and come back, because other else, why, why would he? There was no guarantees. Why would he come back early? Um, so I, I just, they, they've never done any of those things in the past. Why would they do it now? And, and, here, and I'm here to tell you, as I always say, get to a $100 million payroll, and at least I'll stop bitching about it. Get, we still need to be at the league average, which is $166 million. And the Rays can, can easily afford that if they're not looking for their usual $75 million profit, $100 million profit that they take every year. If they actually put the money back into the team, they could get to the league average. And with the league average, they could easily afford playing Tyler Glass now because they have so many young players still on, on uh, team control contracts. So they could go out and they could keep Tyler Glass now. And they could go out and get another pitcher, and they could actually go out and get a couple big hitters, and still they probably wouldn't be too uh, average payroll. And, and I'll even say this to Glasnow. It would hurt not to see him or McClanahan pitching for this team next year. Yeah, I'll get used to it. It would hurt. No. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that paying Tyler Glasnow $25 million next year is not a risk. I, he I is, wouldn't either. He is, mean, he's, almost, he's about to be 30 years old, if you can believe it. He's not 24 or 25. He's right. almost 30 years old. Mm-hmm. His most starts in a season is 14 right. in 2021. Now, we're hoping he eclipses that this year. Right now, he's at 12. And now we're going through you know, back spasm, which I told you is bound to happen for a guy who's six foot eight yeah. and is in a lot of small places a lot and <laughs> throws with that kind of torque and everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it almost like – I guess my thing is, like, you want the Rays to spend money – but then it's like if they decided to balk on paying Tyler Glasnow $25 million because the risk for them was too much to make that guy the highest paid player they've ever had. Yeah. I mean, do you really bang on them or really well, say tell, that's a bad decision? Well, tell me what they get back. If, if somebody's dumb enough to give us two top ten prospects for him, one being a pitcher and one being a hitter, trade his ass. Absolutely. 100%. I would do that. But who's, who's going to do that? Who's dumb enough to do that? Well, is that Pirates GM still around? Can we, can we can we go rape that guy again? <laughs> that would be good. But uh, no. So if if 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sitting here just I'm not a you know just spend money just for spend money. Be smart, but if you save that money, I want you to go out and reinvest it and get it get a big hitter. If you're going to save that twenty five million, you're going to get two prospects in return. Then you better go spend fifty million on some other players and get to one hundred one twenty five. Because keep in mind, next year, and again, assuming McClanahan's out, you're rolling with Zach Eflin. And by the way, that scenario I just laid out, Stu Starberg's never doing that. Yeah. Never. But anyway, you were rolling with Aaron Savale, Zach Eflin, and then Springs would probably be, or no, Rasmussen, Ra, uh, Rasmussen probably in Springs at some point next year. You get yeah. them back. Yeah. I don't know about Baz. You guys, you throw him in there. Yeah. Todd, you still have a lot of options. Yeah. At starting pitching, even without Tyler Glass now, but, but it's, it's hard to find Glass now. It is. Glass and McClanahan's. Are it just, is. Those guys you just mentioned, they're not those guys, and it's those guys that win World Series. You got two of them. You right. got two of them. You know, it, you but you're gonna you're gonna have none of them next year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Blake Snell. He's not one guy that doesn't get hurt, isn't it? Who? Blake Snell. To my knowledge, he's never had a serious injury, has he? Uh, maybe that's why they traded him. <laughs> I don't know. Well, isn't it interesting that they traded? You know, maybe three years in, in the Braves system, he would have had it by now because of the way they do it. That's inter- that's another interesting. God, he thought. is a free agent. Get ready, he'll be a Yankee. You watch. Yeah, yeah. How much does he make on the open market? Who? Uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Yeah. Let me see. He's thirty years old. This is the prime spot where you get paid. Yeah. He's gonna get. A, he's gonna get. I could see well over two hundred million. Thirty a year. I think he's the. I think he's the top contender for the Cy Young mm-hmm. in the NL. Mm-hmm. And if he wins a second Cy Young, that's where he's going. It's big money. It's big money. I'm probably willing to bet it won't work out either. And I, I was reading an article by one of the national guys, and you know they said Blake Snell is an acquired taste. What does that mean? It's the way he is. You know his demeanor, the way he talks, the way he handles himself. You know he's kind of a stoner gamer type. You know? Stoner gamer. <laughs> he doesn't strike you as a as a gritty professional. You know at all. He's more of a stoner gamer. Yeah, yeah, well, we just, well, we just well, traded for a bunch of slapdick. Well, you know, Doc Gooden was an actual stoner, but that guy could pitch like nobody I've ever seen. So, <laughs> what do I care? Doc Ellis threw threw no hitter on, on the LSD. So, David Wells threw a perfect game, hungover. What are, what are we doing wrong here? We got a bunch of choir boys. That's the problem. You guys get to send these guys out to a strip club, do some Molly, and, yeah. and go throw a perfect hey, game or something. Shout out though. Speaking of the, because you said the Orioles, there's lots of going on there. Oh my God! Last night the. The Kevin Brown curse, I guess, is what we have to call it. Let's go at Camden Yards last <laughs> night. We got I'm the we got the Orioles and the Astros, and I was scoreboard watching. That game was on TBS actually last night, so I was like flipping back and forth to check on. And I tuned in, and it was already five nothing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the Orioles just will not lose. Yeah. They just will not lose games. And now the guy who just threw a no hitter is getting shelled to the first two innings. Framber Valdez, yep. <laughs> because of course, and you got the crowd the entire game chanting "Free Kevin Brown." Free Kevin Brown. Good on you, by the way, for that. And by the way, if you don't know, Kevin Brown's the Orioles announcer who had the audacity to point out some facts about when the Orioles were struggling to contrast how well they're doing now, and someone in management got all pissy about it and suspended him. It's the most ridiculous thing right. ever. So all that's, that's going on. That's what we do when people say things we don't like now. So that, all that's going on, and we go to the bottom of the ninth inning, no, top of the ninth inning, and the Orioles have a 6-3 to three lead, I believe. Mm-hmm. And here comes Felix Batista. Some some think could win the Cy Young potentially, putting together one of the greatest seasons ever. It's over. All this stuff, and what happens? My man. Your man. My man. 
Tampa boy. Tampa boy. From Plant High School. Mm-hmm. Some say right behind Shohei Otani in the AL MVP race, Kyle Tucker hits a grand slam off Felix Bautista, and the Astros win it. Awesome. Just like that. Kyle Tucker could be the MVP. He's right behind Otani. Yeah. A lot of I saw the they put their like power rankings out yesterday, and again, it's really not worth doing anybody behind Otani. But for what it's worth, they did have Kyle Tucker number two. I shouldn't say this, but I'll, I'll, maybe I'll save, save it for later. I hate to make mistakes on there. But I don't. McGriff never won MVP, right? No. I think that was the the kind of the knock on him when it took so long. And Boggs never won MVP. Ooh, I think he did. Did he? Because I know he won batting titles, but I'm not sure if he... I think there was one year there where he might have won. Top three in MVP voting, because he had a big home run year, I think 26. No, he did not win. No. No. So, Kyle could be, you know, Shohei's probably going to win it this year, but Kyle could be a guy... Because he's got those kind of tools, be the first guy, Tampa guy, to win a eventually. You think? MVP. I don't think yeah, anybody I don't think has Cal won Lopez it. Did. Gary Sheffield never won it. Uh, yeah. Luis Gonzalez never won it. Don't think. No. Yeah. Interesting. Um. All right. Yeah. The Kevin Brown thing was just like ridiculous. And maybe this is something that that you know, bad karma. I hope so. Shoot yourself in the foot. Hell yeah. Do it. Do it. God, we would never. Our King Dwayne stands. Oh God. We would never. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, the Rays are, you know, they can be a little political, but, and, if, you know, I, I don't think, but I, I think they give their, their announcers free reign to, to, to point out when they've been bad facts. You want to see a guy who really happen. gives it straight? You should go look, and I see these clips every night because the White Sox are a mess. Ozzie Guillen is on, like, the post-game show for, the, really? for the White oh, Sox. Yeah, he wouldn't. Oh, my good! You talking about not holding anything back? Oh, yeah. Well, how could you not with this? I'm actually surprised that they don't censor him because he, like, is he goes in on everything. Well, I mean, if, if you ain't wrong. No, I like it. I'm just surprised that the White Sox, if we're, again, the standards have been shifted now because of what the Orioles did, so. Hey, I, I was banging on Colin Coward yesterday. You got to take your shot today. I didn't see this, but this was pretty bad. Yeah, he was doing a segment um, about quarterbacks drafted in the last 10 years in the first round who will never win a Super Bowl. And he had like a list of 20 names, and they were all on a graphic, right? And I'm going to assume that, I don't know how much hand he had in making that graphic, obviously. I think you know more about the TV side of that than I do, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just going to assume he did have much making in the graphic. So first, first blame is on peep the, the graphics team for putting... Dwayne Haskins' name in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then just it's one thing to have a mistake in the graphic, but it's another, again, there's a list of 20 names, and Colin, he doesn't go and list all 20 names. He lists three. It's another, in my opinion, to find Dwayne Haskins' name on that list of 20 people, of all the people, and to not realize in the moment that you're about to say his name there. And then just say it over the air and everything. And not, yeah. like, correct yourself or anything. Just keep on going. It's a bad look. Yeah. And Colin was getting slammed for it. Fox Sports was getting slammed for it. get slammed for it. I know they, they replayed that segment later in the show like they always do. And I guess they took it out. So they apparently went on the X machine and figured it out. But, um, again, what, what in the world, man? He's, he's, he's got other things he's doing. His podcast company and everything else. He's, not, he's just not the same guy he used to be. Not even close. Uh, and just and somebody too. needs to tell him that you cannot trade baseball players for yeah, draft picks. He's a, he's a you can't do that. 
Uh, all right, quick break. When we come back, Corey Long is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk some college football with him. Love chatting college football with him. And um, we'll, we'll hit all the locals, so to speak. And we've got the new poll is out. The coaches pulled out. I want to remind you folks that uh, Extravaganza Productions, great folks over there can do your party or your charity event or whatever business meeting you got coming up. They will produce it for you with all the audio visual. They're creative as well. they got a huge warehouse full of props that you can do to have any kind of theme party you want. In fact, you can have a free creative session with their folks over there if you mention the J.P. Peterson Show. So go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com, and contact them through the website by email or phone. Tell them you want the free consultation, and they'll give you the whole nine. Really cool stuff. That's extravaganzaproductions.com. Back with Corey Long quickly. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. 
Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well. Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Italiano Insurance, who just saved me $1,000 on my auto insurance. Just give them a call, 813-877-7799. You know, a company jacked up my auto insurance, and I said, can you shop it around for me? I didn't do any of the work. They do all the work, and Christy stayed at work until 930 at night to make sure I got my insurance binded by midnight and, um, you know, just save. And, oh, by the way, you're going to save like $500 on your six-month premium. I'm like, are you kidding me? She goes, no, we found a good company. It's all it's all set up. I mean, I did nothing. They did everything. Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. All right, uh, let's bring in our good friend Corey Long. And my apologies, my friend. Um, I told Corey that we were bringing on 1115. I thought it was 1130 because I'm old and I can't remember shit. I got CRS, so. Sorry about that, Corey. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing, buddy? I'm out doing great, dude. I, did you not see the coaches poll? And our good friend uh, Mike yeah. McMurphy has uh, an issue at number eighth, three. I think. Yeah, eighth. I'll take eighth. eighth. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, eighth is a eighth is not a bad spot. So eighth and the LSU is fifth. Mm-hmm. So there's your first week matchup. So eight versus five. Pretty exciting. Should we just call it the sports information directors poll? It's not. Coaches never vote in these things. Somebody else. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the, the, the coaches tell the SID who they want. I'm assuming right. for like the first five. But if they tell them where they want their team and where they want maybe the first five spots right. and yeah. just kind of fill in the rest. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait till some more uh, important polls come out. But um, I think a lot of people are very high on Florida State. As I said, Brett McMurphy had him at three, right? I think Matt Baker said he's going to have him higher than eighth. So. And I was just listening uh, to our, our friend Jeff Cameron's show and also um, the Osceola podcast uh, this weekend. And they just, they've been out there at practice and they're, they're loaded, man. They are absolutely freaking loaded. This Keon Coleman kid from Michigan State, um, mm-hmm. with the big defensive lineman they got uh, from Central Michigan that says just killing it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited, man. What do you think? What do you think? I, I think I, I would. You know, I mean, I would have him at eight. I think eight is a good number. You know why? Adam Fuller's still their defensive coordinator, so <laughs> I, I can't. I can't get past that part. I mean, yeah, they got all these parts. It's great, but you know, he's still pulling. The, he's still pulling the strings. You know, and that's that's that 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 to me feels like. Uh, Boy, he can, boy that, that, that defense can have a stinker whether they want to or not. <laughs> You're never going to forgive him for, uh, for Jacksonville State, are you? 
and just never. No, no, it's actually has nothing. I'm more. It's more. It's actually more about a couple of things last year that I think there was. You know where you saw where you saw some areas where we're concerned. Then you saw some fool's goal. Then you saw the concerns again. It's yeah. like okay, they they were very good. they were a good team last year, and they were decent at times defensively last year. Um, you know, unfortunately, they were excuse me, not against Oklahoma in the bowl game, and not oh, against that was Florida. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, but you know, they ran through a stretch where they played five backup quarterbacks in a row, and they looked very good as they should. Mm-hmm. When you play five guys that are not starting, you know, in, in, the, in college football, your starting quarterback is. You know, takes on far more importance because there's just certain things you can't do with a backup. So, are you going to get five backup QBs in a row again? I, I doubt it. You know, that's a that that's beyond luck. That's that's sort of a you know that's sort of that's sort of me still haven't checked my Mega Millions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> thing level of luck. You know. Hey, don't so, don't forget, Corey, but, that Randy Shannon is also the the co on next to there. Well, oh, I'm not worried about Randy <laughs> as much as the coaches am about the kids that he brings in. Like he just brings in the most unspectacular looking recruits on the planet. Uh, like you look at like you look at these guys' film, and it's just like, well, boy, how are any of these guys going to react when they get put in space? Because they either have no lateral speed or or something. But uh, you know, but I, I don't I don't actually. Randy as a coach, I have a lot of faith in, but it's it's more it's more just the overall scheme of defense. Still, they've got a great amount of talent, and they're bringing in a great they're putting together a great recruiting class. I think a lot of the things that the one thing I give Mike Norvell credit for is he's learned a lot from his first year, his second year, yeah. getting being handed some recruiting losses, yeah. really some bad ones. You know, the Travis Hunter thing, right. which was which is kind of a kind of a you know, that was kind of a, you know, it was an oddity. But, like, the Marvin Jones Jr. one, I think, might have even hurt him a little bit more. Yeah. Because, you know, that was a, that's a legacy, a legacy kid. Man. And, you know, when, you know, he, he did a lot of things, I think, to really build up his relationship with the legacy players. And for, mm-hmm. you know, for one of their kids to say, eh, I don't think you're, I don't think you're heading, I don't think, I don't think you're where I need to be right now. I, that, I think that one, you know, that one hit him hard. So he made some changes in his, uh, in the internal office that I think made a big deal. You know, obviously a couple of coaching moves, but it was more just the way that their process mm-hmm. and getting kids on campus and the relate and, and how they're going to build their relationships that you're starting to see come through fruition now. So the second part of that is you got you get them in the class. Now it's learning how to every elite blue chip kid, they're all talented. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they're not all the same, and they need to be coached differently, and they need to be handled differently. Some are, you know, we all want like the Derwin James type. It's like just such a self-starter and a, you know, a self-motivated workaholic, et cetera. You don't have to really do much with him. As I always say, you know, no one has had to do much with Derwin as he was coming up because he just he wanted to do it all himself. He was just that type of kid. He just wanted to, you know, he wanted to work as hard as humanly possible. Well, you know, a lot of these kids have been pampered. You know, they're very, they're super oh, talented. Yeah. So, I think they ran in that with Sam McCall last year. Sam's a good kid. I know Sam pretty well. Like, he's not a bad kid in any stretch of the imagination. Like, far from it. He just, you know, he, early he just didn't feel comfortable. And as time went on, it was like they didn't really have, they really didn't know how they could pull him back in. 
and he just pulled him, and, and in the process, he just kind of got detached and transferred somewhere else. So, you know, with the portal, you have to understand, you know, the portal has certainly worked out extremely well for them. Yeah. But, you know, that was at a time, but, you know, now that you've got a roster with a lot more talented roster, the portal's going to probably take a little bit more mm -hmm. than it gives. Yeah. No, good. And, good point. Yeah, go ahead. A very good point. So, Florida State's loaded. Um, yeah. What, what are you hearing about USF? Um, he's brought in 49 new players, a lot from some major conferences, guys that obviously couldn't play there, um, but they could certainly play at USF. And he's got this up-tempo offense that was so good at Tennessee. Um, I think he's got a, a couple of good quarterbacks to work with and Byron Brown and, and Jerry Bohannon. What, what do you think? I've heard... I've heard that just the practices have been tremendous. It's been very competitive. That he's really kind of just a lot of this first year stuff is just saying, "Who are my ride or die guys?" You know, yeah. who are these guys that are going to come out and battle and compete every week? Because I think that's the most. I think that's the thing that as a, as a, I mean, obviously, USF fan base wants to see wins. You only saw four of them in three years, so you want to see some more wins. And I think they've got a few more in the holster this year, but. I think right out the gate, he just wants to show that this team is going to compete at a different level. They're not going to give up. There's not going to be weeks where they give up 600 yards at the Temple. They're going to fight. They're going to battle for you know for mm -hmm. the line of scrimmage. They're going to you know they're going to they're going to battle when they're down. They're going to continue to compete when they're ahead. They're not going to play scared. So and those are all the things. And, and that he's just a very well organized guy. He's just he, he's a he's a you know, he brings a, brings a great level of enthusiasm. Fish and I had him on our podcast uh, two weeks ago. Uh, you know, it was it was it was a fun listen. He's he's fun to talk to. A uh, great story, by the way. Just great story of a yeah. man born in Moscow, Russia. You know, that? moved to America at seven years old. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, just kind of his whole come up and how he came up in the ranks. You know, with the you know kind of. Uh, that midwestern, uh, that midwestern group of coaches, you know, that's that's part. That's those are like his peers. So it's uh, like Matt Campbell at Iowa State, mm -hmm. uh, a few others that were out there that all kind of that all kind of bonded at working like Ohio State uh, football camps that they would all get to get a chance to work at during the summer. So uh, yeah, but I've heard there's just that he's really feasting on just guys being competitive and battling and just understanding that with the you know that they can win more just you know that they, that some of the losses just came because they just did not compete as hard as they needed to for the full 60 minutes right, exactly you know, they had great spurts of time when they played well they just didn't give it to you all the way so that but you know i i think that bodes well i think that that's telling me that He's going in with the right attitude of just that, you know, the guys that you bring in, the guys that are left over, it's, you know, can we play hard? You know, the week one against Western Kentucky on the road, it's a game they're not going to be favored, and it's a pretty tough game to open up the schedule with. Mm -hmm. You know, how are they going to compete? I think that's the main thing. It's like, win or lose, you know, are you gonna, are, we, are they going to, are we going to come back? Are you going to talk about them on Monday and say, that was a heck of a game. They played hard. They had a chance to win. Maybe if if you know A or B would have happened, but you know you feel you feel good about where the team is headed, where they're going to be headed over the next eleven games. Rather than do you go out, do you lose, you know, forty five to fourteen? Do you look like shit? Do you not, you know? 
Yeah. So you look at it and just think, oh, God, you know, it's going to take, you look at it, because sometimes you look at something right away and say, oh, God, it's going to take two and a half, three years to fix this. And sometimes you can look at it and say, you know what, you know what, these guys are obviously responding to what he's saying, and, you know, if, if you, you know, give them some time, this thing will get a lot better quickly. So. And I feel like I have to ask you a question about my UCF Knights. Sure. Who are, who are entering into the, the big four, might I add. The astronauts, the citronauts, <laughs> the citronauts. citronauts. Yeah, yeah. You you keep the black quiet. Knights? You keep just keep quiet. Keep quiet. We're talking. We're talking shop about the UCF Knights. Sorry. But anyway, Corey, the Gus bus is absolutely rolling. Uh, I'm sure uh-huh. you saw yesterday they landed Jalen Hayward, who this is a a bona fide blue chip prospect, their highest ranked prospect they've landed. He was committed to Georgia, and decided to stay home and go to UCF, and now they're. Top 25 class, number one in the Big 12 for next year. Does is this feel like we're entering territory with UCF where like, no recruit is, is like, unreachable for them now because they're starting to prove in this class that they can land the big four-star guys? And then, obviously, your thoughts on their season upcoming up. Um, I think, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, Gus has been here before. He's not new to this game. He understands the competitive nature of recruiting he understands what you have to do to land the kids that you want to land i think as long as that message gets across to the people that have the nil deals have the money have the resources he'll be fine because they're located in a place where they're located at in central florida they're businesses that are going to support them they can get nil stuff done so you know they're I, like you know, if you look at their, them compared to the rest of the Big 12, as it sits now, you know, they're in a good spot. A team like Houston can potentially be in a really good spot. They're in a better spot than, say, you know, Baylor has more money, but they're also located in Waco, Texas. Who the hell wants to live there? So, it's a, you know, it's a lot of little things. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they're recruiting well. I think they still will begin to recruit even better once they get through this season. I still think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of tentative, you know, how are they going to play? How are they not going to play? Are they going to be able to get to a bowl sort of thing happening this season? And, you know, once you get through this season, you get a better idea of what team they're going to be, what team they need to be in order to be at the top of that conference. That's when I think things will really, you'll really start to see the steam pick up. Corey Long joining us here, writes for Walter football, college football experts. Um, we can, I can't seem to get a handle on what's going on at Miami. Um, at Crystal Ball looks like their recruiting has been okay, um, but I, I, last year was I think a huge setback for them, just the way they played on the field. Um, the expectations were high, and it was a disaster. Where where are they right now? I you know last year was I think they they switched coordinators, which I think was good. Not that the coordinator they had last year was bad, but he just didn't fit. Didn't fit what Mario wants to do. Like, I, I've told everybody, I think they're in a much better position to win eight or nine games this year just because they are so much better up front. I mean, just miles ahead of what their offensive line wasn't good last year. When you want to, and when you're trying to run a power spread, you got to have a good offensive line and you got to have some help at the quarterback position. And they didn't have either. They didn't have a healthy quarterback and they really couldn't block anybody. They've, you know, they've completely retooled that line. I mean, the, the, they're going to play a couple of freshmen, but those you know, freshmen are really, really, really good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, those are NFL-type kids that they're bringing in as, as freshman offensive tackles that they're going to use. Uh, you know, a couple other transfers. they got the center from UCF, which is a very important position to have experience at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a kid from Alabama they brought in. Their offensive line is just going to look so much different. And that's going to allow them to, man- to, man- to manage games a lot better. I'm not as crazy about where they are on the defensive front. I think they're a little thin past Leonard Taylor. And I, I think the secondary is okay. It's probably a little below average by Miami standards. Okay, but what they can do is they can is, if they can show the ability, which I think they have, is to run the football, get first downs, manage the clock. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be in a lot of games. They're gonna be able to slow down a lot of games. They're gonna be able to control time of possession. And that's going to be a big. That's going to be the, the game that he wants to play this year. And that's the style of football he's comfortable with. All right, uh, who did we forget? The Florida Gators. We can't forget the Florida Gators. Um, and, and Billy Napier, I think I, I kind of get the feeling that Gator fans are getting very, very impatient with him, and I think that's a bad move. I think he's recruiting well. He's sticking I to agree. his. Uh, he's sticking to his system and weeding out the players that don't fit that system. And everybody wants immediate results, and it just doesn't work that way. I think from a win standpoint, they may take a step back this year, but I think that he's building the program the right way. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, I think the schedule is just all. I mean, it's just brutal. brutal. If they are lucky, they will be in a spot come week thirteen where they are uh, they're playing for a, uh, a bowl game. They're playing for a bowl game against FSU where yeah. they can actually if they win that game they can get to a bowl. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think they're gonna come into that game with more than four wins. Right. It's just the schedule is just it, it's just it's just ridiculous. And it, the thing is next year it's gonna be even harder. Yeah. You know, so their thing, the thing is I know that they thought they were gonna get Michael Pratt at quarterback, the Tulane quarterback. That was a Beliefs that didn't happen. They didn't really have a plan B. Graham Mertz, unfortunately, couldn't. He couldn't escape a blitz from like you and I. We could blitz him; he would he would fall. Uh, so I, I just don't think he's going to hold up against the SEC pass rush. And it, I just don't see a lot of wins this year. But you know, they've got big time kids coming in. The Lagway kid, I think. Billy Napier's clock starts when the Lagway kid comes in. That's a that is that's the he's the number one player in Texas. He's probably the number one quarterback in the country when he comes in. To me, that's when I got that's when his clock starts when he finally gets in a player that can make a difference. He just hasn't had a player that can make a difference yet for him. I mean, Anthony, I think we look back on it now and say them getting the six wins last year shows you how good Anthony Richardson really was because they were not a good team. Yeah. And you know Richardson wasn't great from week to week. Yeah, he had his off weeks, but damn it, he 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 bulldogged that team to six wins. And yeah, I don't think there were a lot of other. That's the reason why he went number five in the number four in the draft yep. because teams, you know, coaches in the NFL looked at that looked at looked at that team that he had. They looked at that schedule, they looked at his effort, and realized there were not a lot of kids that could have done that last year. Agreed. Yeah. All right, partner. Good stuff as always. Tell everybody how they can find your content, your podcast, all that good stuff. Yes, uh, podcast. Uh, it's the Fishcast uh, with me and my buddy Charles Fishbein. It's available everywhere, really. Uh, on X, I am at Corey Long, C-R-E-Y-L-O-N-G, at Threads. I am the same. On Instagram, I think I am a real Corey Long, R-E-A-L, C-R-E-Y-L-O-N-G. 
festival. All right, partner. Good stuff, as always. Hope to catch up with you soon as we get closer to lightning season. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks. See, how about, how about that? We didn't even t- ask one thing about realignment. That Thank was goodness. all on-the-field <laughs> stuff. Well, it's that time. It's, it, that time. it's time to shut off realignment. It's no, time to got, shut off we NIL. Got, we got August 15th. Yes, I know. We, know, we just got to make it, what, FSU, six days? FSU will be leaving in the next week. Where we gotta, are they going? We, we got to make it through six days of this minutia that I have no more interest in hearing about. And we get I saw to play Gene, Speaking of FSU, saw Gene Deckerhoff today out at uh, Bucks camp. Nice. So he's very excited about the upcoming Bucks season and FSU. He will be joining us, I believe, Friday. Oh, so we get me, Gene, on. Yes. I love Gene. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! That was, my, that was my first question for TJ when I was talking to him a couple months ago on the phone. I'm like, can you please confirm to me that Gene is coming back this and year? And by the way, he looks great. Lost 30 pounds. He's been out there walking. He looked, I didn't even recognize I was like, Gene, you look great. Yeah, he's lost 30 pounds. Uh, and he sounds great. His energy was fantastic. So he's getting ready to come back for another year. He might maybe stick around for a while. Who knows? I hope so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hope so. But I, I, I just gathering what Corey Long there said real quick. It seems to me, this is how I feel, and Corey kind of did a good job of illuminating that. I think for the five schools that we're mainly focusing on in the state of Florida, obviously we're not really talking FAU and stuff like that. It, to me, four of them are in we got to be in patient mode if you're yeah. a fan base, Yeah. in my opinion. And then you have Florida State, who's got all these high expectations. Where I said, I said this, I'm like, if Florida State goes nine and three this year, it almost will come off as a an, a disappointment. Yeah, but it really oh, yeah. shouldn't be. Oh yeah, but it shouldn't be. Like they've created themselves to where like they're being talked up like a national contender. Where if you go nine and three, it's seen as oh well, that's one less game you won last year. Even if you go ten and two, it almost seems like yeah. But that schedule, I know what that with this, schedule with the, with the talent they have. <laughs> You know, it's they, being set up like they it. should run the table. They'll they'll lose either LSU and Clemson, but um, if they lose to both of those teams and win the rest of their games, in a way, is it still feeling as a little bit of a disappointment because you expect See, that's the thing that I hate because again, this is a program that was losing to Jacksonville State two years ago. I know, I know. It's not, it's, not, it's hard to wrap well, your mind around. Well, Mike, it's Mike's fault. He did it. He did. It. He did. It. He, did it. he won ten games last year, and. Um, you know, it was and as as Corey mentioned defensively, a little bit of fool's gold there because of the of neophyte quarterbacks that they they played against. Um, you know, and some of the better quarterbacks had their way. Yeah, but Oklahoma scored way too many points in that. Yeah, it cost me but, big. Yeah, but at least uh, this year, like at every level of their defense, they have one of the because of the transfers. They have like they they're have, still thin at inside linebacker. Their linebacker. Yeah, linebackers are concerned, but very, I think all thin. the other positions yeah. they have what you would call one of the better players in yes. the conference or country. Their pass rush will be relentless. Yeah. absolutely relentless, and you can win a lot of games in college football with that. Right. It, to me, it's you know once again as I said last year that LSU game sets up the whole season as it did last year, winning that game allowed them to lose that three in a row and still have a great season. Um, but winning, if they win at LSU, win against LSU in, in Orlando, now you've beaten a top five team, a favorite for the SEC West. You're elite. You're elite. Yeah. And then you also, that gives you a little bit of a pass if you lose at Clemson. Because you could still lose at Clemson and get into the playoffs. Yeah, because Clemson, from everything I'm hearing, Clemson looks like they're much better from a roster yeah. construction standpoint than they yeah. were last year. Jeff Scott's back, right? You know, at, 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 uh, oh, they got their kind of... They got Kendall Riley now, who they, just took TCU yeah. to a national title game. Right. So I'm expecting Clemson to kind of be what they were before yeah. this year. No, Clemson will be good. Clemson's still super talented. I think people are forgetting about him because Dabo's so, you know, anti-portal and, you know, <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, but that, which is fine. 
But um, yeah, so FSU and they have to go to Clemson, right? You know, I FSU you beat a team forty-five to three in Miami. I don't care what changes they make, you should not lose at home to that team, right? And then you can't have slip-ups on the road against some of these, whether it's Wake yeah. or you know, I know they're getting NC State at home this year, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but you can't have slip-ups like that against teams you should put away. Yeah, in Florida, you know, you know I knew you got to go there, but um, you're just miles and miles more experienced. And better than Florida, you can't lose that football game. So yeah, if they lose three, then who are they losing to? NC State, awful. You lo- you lost two, your two biggest games, and you dropped one that you shouldn't have lost. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's, that's a bad season. Ten and two is okay. You know, maybe things didn't go our way in those two games. We still dominated everybody. You probably else. probably get an orange bowl bid. Yeah, it, it, that's that's okay. That's good. We're still building. We're still rising. We're still climbing. The climb's still going. You know, but eleven and one is where I want them to be. They should be at eleven and one, and at eleven and one, that should get them in. And then they'll have to see. This is the other thing. They they could play Clemson in the title game. So well, no, because they're in the same conference. They're the same side of the. No, oh, the divisions are gone. Divisions right, divisions are gone. Yeah, so they would have to beat Clemson twice, or you know, or split with Clemson to get into Oof. the. Wait, it's hard to get in the playoff. You know, yeah, you got to beat LSU and beat Clemson once. You know, you, FSU should do that. If they don't do that, they don't deserve being a playoff. Yeah, that's, yeah that's they simple. control their own fate. Yeah, exactly. So, and you and you got the players to do it. You know, the coaching staff I like a little bit more than, than Corey does. Um, well, I love Norvell. Yeah, Norvell, but he's, he ain't wrong about the defensive side. Um, but they they've got so many good players on the defensive side. I just I, you know. You and I should be able to coach that team up on the defensive side because they're. But that but I forgot to mention this: losing Daryl Jackson yesterday to this stupid ineligibility rule in the 